Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 2, Episode 6, titled Key. Uh, Aaron, that means who or whom in French, as I understand it. Uh, yeah. Any idea what that title refers to? Because I'm at a loss. I saw someone, because there's this scene, scene where the girls, uh, right before they fantasy in, in uh, Shauna's fantasy, eat her baby, uh, she's woken to the strange humming noise. And apparently someone sleuthed down, or I didn't really sleuth that this, asked one of the showrunners on Twitter what they were humming, and he responded that they were humming the French song Qui um, from Charles Aznavois. And I looked hmm. at the lyrics just before we recorded, and it's interesting. It seemed, so on the surface... It's tough because it's a song and it's it's translated. It's machine translation too, so who knows? But it seems like it's uh, an older man uh, mourning the loss of a youthful relationship uh, that she's gone on to replace him, and he's wondering who is replacing me, who is going to come and care for you when I'm gone, and this and that. But I also thought it was interesting that it felt like other than the first paragraph or the first stanza um it could be like a parent talking to a newborn child like wondering who this person Mm -hmm. is uh the realization with your mortality that they're going to have an entire act where they you know that that you're not even going to you know it's like i my eyes will have closed but the whole eyes of the world to be on you like you know i'm going to be gone and who's going to be there to take care of you so it's like i think that's the spirit like that's the kind of like cockeyed use that they're they're using this that it's that it's uh you know Shauna having all these things about like who are you going to be and everything's going to be right if we can just get out of here and the and it's the... all pointless none of it matters because yes well I mean you got Callie in here too I think that's where you know things start to come back into focus but yeah uh, what'd you think of this episode um, they kind of pull a switcheroo at the end. I loved it because, you know, we were talking about all the different wilderness baby theories. You know, the wilderness baby is stillborn. The wilderness baby is slid right into a crockpot. The wilderness baby is fine, actually, and grows up and becomes some mystery person. Or the wilderness baby is Lisa, actually, because of a bunch of uh, reasons. And I like how they kind of, I felt like every one of those theories was alive, very much alive. In fact... Uh, when they woke up in the humming and she goes down, they're overcome by hunger and they're eating her baby. I'm like, oh my god, they even the, the slid directly into the crockpot theory is actually panning <laughs> out. But mm-hmm. I think where they ended is interestingly the most grounded thing. Like, uh, like you know, the idea that these these kids are going to half starving, raise a baby, and everything's going to be fine, and they're going to. You know, even the, the the delivery itself is fraught with peril without intervention of modern medicine. I, I liked it, and it's also really interesting from the Lottie aspect, right? 
because okay. yeah. I was thinking throughout most of the episode, oh my God, Lottie and her group is going to be insufferable because everything was going to shit. They make a blood sacrifice. Suddenly, Sean is able to have this baby. Uh, she's able to feed this baby. Uh, Lottie's saying this cha- this baby's going to change everything. And now, and it's like, they're going to be able to take credit, which is frustrating because obviously it's like, well, if they hadn't done... There's no way to test a case of them doing nothing and then Shauna just pulls through, right? Um, but now that they did all this cult shit and it blew up in their face, I wonder if the opposite. Will like will anyone's faith be shaken? Uh, because I, I it's it's interesting because you, I can easily see everything changing because everyone had so many hopes based on this baby and getting Shauna through it okay. And Lottie's like, you know, we're going to accept this into your try, And she's... There's so much importance placed on this, and it all just at the end. How mm-hmm. do these girls process that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I like that aspect of it. I I thought like go through all this trouble to have this baby uh, in the show, and then you do probably the least interesting thing with it, which is just to have a die at birth. Um, a little disappointed in that, but I think you know it's outweighed by the fact that yeah, you now throw the whole spiritual leader leader question uh under the microscope and i think that's probably for the best it's probably a little more interesting than oh will they or won't they eat the baby there's a long there's a long history here if you're a long term uh long time bald new fan you might know that jim has been rooting for a baby to be eaten <sighs> yeah or eat or since to about eat season someone. three of the walking dead i think yeah mm-hmm. or, yeah, or the baby could, the zombie eating somebody yeah the baby could also eat someone else yes this is true mm-hmm. but this is something you've been actively rooting for and you just keep you almost get there <laughs> i know i keep picking the shows thwarted. seems like they want to do it but nobody has the guts <laughs> nobody's uh, got yeah. And, and and it was a little disappointing to see oh this was all a dream but you know it gives some indication of shauna's mental state um and just you know the the kind of coming to terms with being a mother in that sequence uh and how you know resistant she was to it when it was just kind of the 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 idea of being a mother and and then how kind of open she became to it over the course of uh, that fantasy sequence. And I don't, I don't know if that carries over because there's also the scene, the accompanying scenes where she's talking with Matt Syracusa, um, you, you know, fake confessing to being a bad parent and never wanting Callie and just being like, and never wanting to be married to Jeff and, and all that like is kind of caught up in the same feeling that she has. And I don't know where she really lands on that because Shauna is such an enigma. Um, mm-hmm. especially like future Shauna, you know, current day Shauna. You so, know, we'll the, you mentioned that the the baby dying uh, during childbirth is the least interesting thing. And I, I guess you're right. It's the least kind of salacious. But also, like, this show's got a really tough balancing act between, you know, keeping it grounded enough to where people are still invested in whether this is a supernatural mystery or not, but also like it definitely plays with subversive and commit, you know, it finds a lot of dark humor and things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they went right into like the eating the baby or, you know, like the, 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 does anyone wanted to hear three or four more episodes of like this loudly screaming infant getting weaker and weaker as shot, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. 
you can you can cross a line where like suddenly it's not as easy to laugh at the show or you can't switch back and forth between that to- tone so effortlessly. So like I guess it is what you what you saw the least interesting but also preserves this delicate balance. And I also think it's going to engender a lot of interesting intra extra cult dynamics because it felt like the whole ca- like if if if, if uh, Shauna is is fine and the baby is fine and like you know people miraculously starts feeding and Sean is making milk no problem like I don't see how anyone just doesn't get on like even coach Ben is going to be like fuck it let me start worshiping the antler queen I want to see my boyfriend damn it and I oh I, well, feel see, like... I thought that was the interesting part like they've been setting up this Lottie as the the spiritual mother and the de facto mother of this baby and how True. she's talking about this is our baby not Shauna's baby I, I thought that was super interesting and a compelling dynamic in the group, and that's just totally gone now. So, I, I don't know. You lose one thing, you gain another, I guess. I, I think it is interesting mm. to make her look like she's not the spiritual leader that she might have, people might have thought she was. Well, and it's like, boy, they're really playing the game on both timelines, too, because just as, like, you think doubt is going to set in in the cabin, we all the Yellow Jackets get together back on her wellness center and the drone shot of them all greeting and seeing that this is all taking place on the cult symbol is like... (sighs) You know, like I said, it seems like in, in, in the flashback scenes... They play this game where like Lottie is becoming this antler queen and she's got all these and then like in the adult Lottie is very unsure and she's going to her therapist one up. It's like I wonder if they're playing that deliberately. So as the like young Lottie waxes and wanes in her queenhood or whatever, the adult Lottie does the opposite because there's a lot of Manders. Did you see any of the mirror theory stuff on on Reddit this this week? There's a I don't know what to make of it, but there's like this theory that like um, there's constant mentions of mirrors and mirror imagery and even deliberate stuff like Thai and evil Thai using reflections to kind of like gauge that. And the idea that, um, you know, like through the looking glass or the mirror universe in Star Trek, that there is this idea of like a, a, a good timeline where good things happen. And then there's a bad timeline where bad t- things happen. You know, that's like a very tropey way to interpret Play with that a little bit in Star Trek with with like Van right living this this uh, living in the past in a certain way, but not in the past that happened. But this this idea that there is some kind of um, mirror universe where the 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 girls understand that like this the the timeline's not right, like this wasn't supposed Mm -hmm. to happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we should have had the lie, you know, we should have had our lives stolen from the cunt. And uh, there's a surprising amount of like references to you know, like the looking glass and looking in a mirror and it's like a mirror staring back at me throughout the the season so far. So they might, I don't know, they might be playing with something like that. Like there, there's a, there's a timeline that could be repaired, which kind of mm. goes into dark territory too. Like, like Netflix is dark, yeah. not just thematically. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. That's something to keep an eye on for sure. Or like a back to the future where it's like, yeah, there's a timeline. It got mm. fucked up and now bad things are happening. We got to fix the timeline. Yeah, could be. Uh, well, we got a lot to recap, man. Why don't we get into it? Let's do it. It's a traditional Yellow Jackets episode. It's very timey-wimey in its uh, scenes and its editing style. So we're going to start in 1995, 1996. It's before the crash. Uh, Coach is showing his class a video about babies. 
and birthing. Um, and Misty is paying attention. Jeff just wants to hook up with Shauna again. And then we go back to the wilderness where Shauna is in labor. Uh, I really enjoyed getting back to, you know, some sense of normalcy and just seeing these kids be kids. Uh, Randy, Randy's the worst. Randy's like, uh, he, he, you know, um, Frank Reynolds character, Dr. Mantis Toboggan. Yes. Always sunny. Uh-huh. When I'm listening to Randy talk, it's like <laughs> hearing him go on about his Magnum, his monster condom for his Magnum dong. Right. I love that episode. Uh, and Randy's emulating that here. <laughs> yeah, just like all, you know, you can probably remember your health class and they're watching this video of a bait. And, and I, I got to say, watching a human birth is kind of horrifying. Yeah, I've, I've like been it. there. I've never had the, the baby. The, misfortune, the babies but... aren't cute. They're they're discolored. They're misshapen. They're covered in blood and gore. Yes, just either grabbed screaming from a birth canal or ripped right out of the belly. It's it's some it's some fucked up repugnant shit. And, and that's when it goes right. Six, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact there's 16 and 17 year old, then I guess they, that's what they need to know, right? Uh, but they're sure. watching the health class. I just love the scene where it's like the baby kind of gooshes out, and they're just like, I, I, they might have digitally added some viscera splashing, <laughs> but then all the kids going, ah! I, I just thought that was something really funny, really funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also thought it was ironic that Shauna in discomfort of like Jeff trying to hit on her in class, like pieces out right as the birth, like, you know, someone who the, the one person who's going to be pregnant mm-hmm. in a crisis situation is just like, not nah, fuck this video. I'm walking out. And Misty, who is all about it, wanting to know how yeah. much blood there is. Uh, it, it's, it's a really good setting for this particular episode. And it makes perfect sense that, you know, the kids would all look to Misty for help. Uh, she's been kind of their, medic here in the woods but also they had to have noticed that she was taking notes uh back when they were watching these videos uh can we have a serious conversation about condoms real quick all right because because this is the har har you can put a condom over someone's head so like nobody like it's ridiculous that like but but for for the young men in the audience uh it's it's actually worth it's actually worth checking out the the size statistics on if you want a comfortable fit you want mm-hmm. a comfortable fit. If you, if you don't want fit. like, you don't want to I wouldn't say off. it's comfortable to wear a condom on your head. It feels <laughs> like it's like a giant sure. rubber bing is constricting your skull and it gives you a head. So like, you know, uh, it, there, there is different sizes and, and there's there's mm-hmm. places online. If you actually look up like condom sizes on Google uh, and, and, and you had the wherewithal to like measure your own dick and find out what would actually fit you. Eh, it might be worth checking out. Just saying. The yeah. one size fits all Durexes and stuff from Walt. That's all well and good. The shit that comes out of the the, the nickel, the quarter machine, fine. But you know, if if you want a tailored fit, it's out there for you. Just saying. They, they need to just do it like heat shrink tubing, where you can just like run a lighter over it and shrink it down to the size you. That's need. what we need. Three D printed latex. You just need to uh-huh. just just stick your dong in a laser grid, and it just prints out the perfect. Perfect. Like one. with dental uh, apparatus, right? You're yeah, right. Invisalign. Your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure a visa shield for for willies yes that's what we need totally we need one more we need one more uh stupid euphemism for for penis uh dingus you're dingus there you go dong got it yeah 
All right, current day, Misty hands over her possessions to enter Lottie's compound. Uh, boy, she's got a lot of stuff in her bag, man. Uh, binoculars. She's got this jar of honey she bought. Some jam that she just got on the side, you know. Because why not? Uh, some conditioner. Change change purse. Handcuffs. Brass knuckles. There we go. That's where we get to the real, the, wor- the weird stuff, yeah. Her name badge, hand sanitizer, and then she throws in at the very end a syringe and a vial of something. Do we know what that's for? Do you think that she just has a like a, a vial of fentanyl or something that she just like, I got have a plan to kill everyone I meet. Kill like, and or subdue, yeah. I think so. Like I, I wonder if that's protection from Walter, like depending on what he was gonna try and do. I just wonder if that's her everyday carry. <laughs> you know, probably yeah. just like uh, I have a vial here that could kill a thousand people if I dose mm-hmm. it out right to everyone's water and uh, it just seems like she even if she ever used it would appreciate having that power oh yeah the power of life and death uh, she also has to give up her phone which is not easy for her but she does and then she's taken to uh, the compound inside and she meets Lottie tells her that she's here to get Natalie and Lottie asks her to stay a while. Yeah, Lottie has a moment. Like, do you think she's communing with the wilderness? I don't know exactly what's going on in her head, but clearly, like, her symptoms are bothering her. She's it's like, it's like when, headaches when or... Ben Kenobi sags against the Millennium Falcon hull and's like, oh, I felt a great yeah. disturbance. It's like that's the performance she's giving here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she could be experiencing something in connection with misty i don't know i thought it was also interesting how charlotte's very imperious in the scene like uh you know uh, Na- uh i'm sorry misty's talking to one of racolites and she just goes up and says leave us like that's very mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very royal we speaking yeah you know well i mean she's she's the cult leader and apparently misty wellness and center. natalie are she's the director of the wellness center jim yeah the cult leader I said that's what I said. <laughs> uh, so we go over to Shauna getting a call from the cops, and they ask her to her, her and Callie to come down to the station for questioning. And a frustrated Shauna says, "You know what? This probably would have been a lot easier if Callie had just slept with the cop, so that everything would be inadmissible." And dun, I dun, could dun. got my internet points. Yeah, yeah. And and I I knew in this scene that I, I thought she was going to go and try and sleep with Officer Syracuse to make mm-hmm. that a reality. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's Oof. just going to lie about it later, but... Or is she? It, very good questions. Let's, uh, let's, let's not we'll, talk about it just yet. Yeah, we'll talk about the... it when we get there, but I yeah. have questions around that scene, too. This fucking show, man, I tell you. It's both sides of its mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go back to 1996, where all the girls want Misty to tell them what to do about Shauna's labor. Uh, Misty freezes up, and Akila takes the lead. And then Lottie tries to take over, but Thaisa tells her uh, it's not helping. We don't we don't need your bullshit right now. Yeah, she's uh, offering wilderness hope to let the pain open yourself up to this moment. Like, oh my god, it's uh the thing is, is like all of Lottie's shit is just basically aware. Like, it's very much just stuff that you'll hear, like basic awareness training, and you know, reframing, refocusing type of uh self help verbiage. 
Yeah. It does feel like she's started like smashing she's her head into a window speaking in tongues, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's but but it's like but that stuff she got from uh Mary Jane what's the Jane Lenny Jane Janie Lynn the late Laura Lenny what the fuck was the Jane Christian Austin? girl that the blew up in the plane? Oh, Laura Lee. Yeah. Laura Lee. These two name having motherfuckers. Uh <laughs> it's like I it's feel like she just like she just like grabs anything that she's personally seen benefit for is resonated and she's just wrapping it up into this kind of new age wilderness stuff yeah yeah um with a hint of of (laughs) with a hint of devil worship i you know when you start pouring your blood onto bear skulls that's where it crosses the line chanting around the bloody bear skull with uh all of your tokens placed on it it's pagan for sure i'm not sure if i'm ready to i'm comfortable calling it satanist but it's it's certainly some uh woods witchery for sure yeah i've seen the witch i know all about it that's more uh, blatantly satanic sure if black philip <laughs> yeah. shows up then then sure mm-hmm. sure all right let's get back to current day where nat is doing some target practice to you know, take out her frustrations over having driven travis to his death and then she unloads, and no pun intended, everything on Lisa, who tries to tell her that it's not her fault, but Nat's pretty set on blaming herself and, and the team, really, just like all of them. This, this is more of the we brought it back with us kind of stuff. What, what's your opinion on having a gun range at a wellness center? People who are suicidal, uh, you're taking away all of their shoelaces and their, their brass knuckles and their handcuffs, but... Have a fully equipped gun range, you know? Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. It's a little wild. What do they need with guns? I don't know. That strikes me as some, like, prepper cult it's, shit. It's a little David Koresh, yeah. Yep. It's a little... Yep. It's a little the... Uh, the ATF might show up with Janet Reno, and we might need to just have an apocalyptic showdown with the, the government, kind of. Yeah. For sure. She if she starts talking about sovereign citizenry or something, then I'll be worried. Her rights as a traveler of the land, yeah. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. starts really talking about the which flags have gold fringe on them and which one don't. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a dead giveaway. I the thing that struck me is Nat has turned into a terrible shot with this rifle. She can't hit cans from thirty feet away with a rifle. Whereas we know in the wilderness she was kind of a crack shot. A crack shot, yeah. I I wondered that too. Is that like just to show? Is this another mirror image where it's like you know, uh, as the as the youth is competent, the adult is incompetent, and vice versa? Or is it just showing that like Nat just has really put this behind her and has just been full time party, uh, you know, live fast, die young mode? Yeah, maybe. No time to practice marksmanship, and why? I guess why would she? Yeah, well, well, what's the need? Um, to me, it kind of indicated like her sort of out of control. She feels very out of control, and I feel like she's trying to recenter herself with th- this practice. Um, but it's not working. She's very much missing the target here. And we keep on. And there's like, was was it? Is she echoing things that Shauna said? Yes, because Shauna had the same framing when she was coming out to her daughter. It's like some of the things that 
you know, we saw and, and she corrects herself. We did. And I think she even says I did. It's kind of interesting how they start with like this uh, third person type of language where it's like, oh, it's some person and something and it happened to somebody at some time to like a little bit more um, take ownership of, over it. Mm hmm. Like, all oh, the things we saw, that's very passive. Uh, I, the things we did out there is much more direct, and the things I did is ultimate, like, accountability. I think it's interesting to see which 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 members are, are, are playing that kind of game. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, like, talking about the team as a group is interesting because um kind of ties them all together thematically, but spiritually, you know, it's like, the ones who came out of this must have come to some kind of understanding because we know that a lot of them get eaten and chased down and killed. So well, and the, 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 the outsiders thing... probably would have been all killed. So they must have come together at some point and done this together as a group. Yeah. Yeah. I think their rituals and stuff we saw earlier in season one uh, point that that too but like it's also I think something that the girls like this we talked about like nobody would begrudge them eating their teammates if that was the only way to survive yeah, yeah. but as we've seen in the flashbacks and some of the things that they established in season one like this went beyond just eating for survival and it went into a way of it started to become a way of life yeah um, a culture of, of hunting their fellow people for sport and then and that's 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 what's going to be really interesting to see you know is this something that they are you know because it's also i'm somewhat open to the idea that like they're just torturing themselves that like you know because most people that have, that, that have done quote-unquote bad things think that they've done uniquely bad and if anyone ever found out about it that'd be it for them they'd never be loved and when reality when they finally you know get the right support group it's like oh shit this is super common and and mm-hmm. me feeling bad about this has really kept me in this cycle right um, but I don't know. Like, so it's like it's it's. I wonder if like you know, because they also have done so much stuff with like, um, a different point of view or like not necessarily being a a um a a reliable narrator of the facts. That's like, for example, let's say, how do we know that they hunted a girl into a pit? Because we've seen them also dine in like Greco-Roman togas on a dead girl's corpse, mm-hmm. but we know that it didn't literally really happen. Like, what if we saw things in the beginning of season one that we just weren't conditioned to accept that they were like fantastical? Like, did these girls really like transform Power Ranger style when they put this stuff, or is this just like how they're seeing themselves at this moment because they're in this deep delu- shared delusion? Yeah, I suppose it's possible. Uh, doesn't feel super satisfying to me and maybe they can bring it around maybe they can you know make that the i can see it as a show. way to like have agency over themselves it's like we're not slowly eating the corpses of the people who aren't making it because of various you know reasons because they're starving and they're you know they're dying because of poison they ate something bad we are intentionally making choices and we're huntresses and things so it's like i could see it it's like mm-hmm. you know they're they're refactoring these bad things are happening as things that they're doing but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, this, these these are these are plays that are going to play off like in the the final moments of the final season if they're ever revealed yeah, at all. Yeah. You know, totally. so I'm and they got a lot of groundwork to lay to get me to accept that. Right, because right now that would just right. feel like a huge rug pull. Um, but you know, if they can thematically bring it around, maybe they could do something like that. The wilderness is the space between the ads. We'll be right back. 
we're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. All right. Van tells Thaisa what happened when Dark Tie came out, that she tried to kiss Van and said, this isn't where we're supposed to be. Um, Ty has some questions about that we, which I also do. Uh, Van tells Thaisa that this is far as their new thing, their old thing, whatever is happening here can go. And Ty notices the overdue bills in her trash can. Here's the thing. Van doesn't seem as resistant to this. She she talks a big game, but she is not acting. She's not backing it up with acts because like ties. Van says, "Well, this is as far as it can go. You're married. You gotta you gotta leave and go do your thing." Ties like, "Well, maybe I should go then." And Van says, "Well, why don't you stick around and stock these tapes?" You know, that's that's not what you say when you want somebody to leave. When somebody volunteers to leave. And you want them to leave, you say, yeah, it's probably best. It's not what she does That's here. That's interesting. Because you're right. That's exactly. I, I was like th- thinking that like Van is just really kicking and, you know, like like fighting this, kicking and screaming, but also having a hard time just shutting Ty down because of their shared history. And then she gets to Lottie and it's just like everything clicks together. But you're right. There is this. Yeah. Like like uh, the second Ty's like, you know what? Maybe I should be going. She could be. Yeah, that's exactly right. Get the fuck out of here. And all right. this stuff, but she doesn't. She doesn't. No, she, she invites is. her to stay a little bit longer and do the tapes. So, and, and it also there's like, something still there between them for sure. Plus, and it Van does seem like she's it. been she's been lonely. She hasn't mm-hmm. had a, uh, a a healthy human relationship in a long while. So, like, there's got to be at some level some of that fascination, right? Yeah, and this is what I've liked about the show so far is like this team feels very much like 
they have the shared experience. They're the only ones they can talk to. And then Ty comes out here and she's talking to Van like the only person who could understand what she's going through. And I think to some degree that's true. So like Van might feel that the only person who could ever love her again, like you said earlier, right? Like she's not maybe worthy of anybody else's love, but Ty has been through the same thing. Ty knows how she feels and why they did what they did. And she's probably a lot more comfortable with, with that feeling, that vibe than somebody off of Tinder or whatever grinder, who the fuck knows? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be, you're right. Like with the facial scars, the psychological scars, like at what point when you're dating, do you you whip that out? And like, that's gotta be (laughs) like a probably it's gotta turn off a lot of people. It's like, well, you know, when I was a teenager, I ran around, was in a cannibal cult and I got my face half ripped off by a wolf and, you know, haven't slept a full night in 25 years, but uh, I'm ready for it's. Yeah, it'd be whereas someone that just gets it. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you, we tied each other to, in our sleep because you would go and commune with the devil mm-hmm. <laughs> if I didn't. Yeah. Or you try to walk yourself off a fucking cliff like, yeah, that, and that is, there is a piece of Jackie. You ate her face. I mean, that's probably pretty bad, but I there I is some there. Of her too. There's a comforting familiarity there for sure. Yeah. And she won't acknowledge it, but it's definitely coming through in her actions. Uh, 1996, Misty notes, uh, sorry, Nopes. Nopes out on helping Shauna because she's so traumatized by what happened with Crystal. Uh, Natalie tries to tag in the coach, but he sees how much blood there is. He also Nopes out. Guys, I've never even seen an adult woman's vagina. I'm No, I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) I didn't sign up for this. I, I didn't join this team. You breeders need to figure this shit out. Uh, they finally tag in Aquila, and Travis decides, you know what, I'm going to make a blood sacrifice to the bear skull, and Lottie's group joins him. Oh, boy. Um, so there's the very obvious and literal blood on Misty's hands, which... You know, it is fairly like tropey as far as a visual goes. But I, I did see a fairly Lady interesting. Macbeth, yeah. Yeah. I, I did see a fairly interesting discussion around this on Reddit as to like why Misty might be stalking her teammates in the future um, as some sort of make good for destroying the uh, transponder. Like if she. Because obviously what she's feeling here is all brought on by, like, Crystal judging her, right? You've done a terrible thing. You have blood on your hands. And it's not just in this moment, but she has blood on her hands because she's kept them here. So every death, every bad thing that happens here is kind of on her. Mm. Um, And so in the future, you know, if she feels extremely guilty about this, which I think she does in this moment at least, then she might be going around trying to keep these people safe, just why she's stalking them, why she's keeping tabs on all of them. Uh yeah, that makes that tracks. There's like this in, intense feeling of personal responsibility for the collective safety of the group that she is there. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that actually makes a lot of sense. I now here's the one thing that like I'm not sure how they're going to get there because Misty seems to get over this feeling pretty quickly here. You know, she has her moment where she breaks down, she feels all this guilt, and then it just kind of washes away when I think Lottie talks to her later. Uh, and then she snaps back to being Misty. So how often does she have these breakdowns? How much does this guilt drive her conscious actions? Um, I don't know, but we may see more of that. 
Uh, what did you think of uh, Aki- uh, is it Aquila mm-hmm. consulting with Nugget? I, that was weird. What I saw a funny joke that she was going to slip the cat and mouse under her winter cap and it was going to deliver the baby ratatouille style. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Come on, Nugget! I need I I I haven't I haven't even I'm just J- JV. I'm J- uh, I haven't mm-hmm. even got to see the the sex ed thing. Just get up here and go to work. But uh, a lot of a lot of women I saw were really skeeved with the consulting the pocket mouse and then immediately right into the birth canal. Look, we all have the things we draw strength from. For Aquila, it's a pocket mouse. For Travis and Lottie, it's sacrifices to the potentially the devil. Yeah. Uh, for Misty, it's just being a psychopath. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know what that was about. I, I will say, speaking of blood on your hands, why do characters in shows always cut their hand open? When they need to swap blood or sacrifice blood or do anything with blood, they cut the most sensitive. That's the last place I would want to get a cut on my body is the palm of my hand. So like I so, back of so the I've arm, heard... top of the leg, something that sees a lot less use would be my preference. I've heard two theories about this. One is the practical, which is like a lot of these blood sacrifices were supposed to, you know, it's like you, a lot of times when you're seeing people slit their their hand open, it's all to take some kind of solemn oath, you know, yeah. um, and it's like you you do your weapon hand so that like you you're incapacitated. You're, you're not going to lift up a sword against whoever you're doing for a couple of days or weeks until your your thing clears. So it's like a mm-hmm. almost like a guarantee uh and that a sacrifice should hobble you at some point or it's not a sacrifice but then there's also a fourth wall breaking one which is in the early days of stage if you wanted a a a character to let blood ritually or something the easiest thing to do is give them something in their hand that they could then run a fake knife over slit open and then let dramatically pour from their palm as they squeeze the bag that has the blood or whatever so it's like that made a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense here we are in the age of fucking avengers infinity right. war yeah with hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cg and we still have to cut our own hands open what are we doing yeah uh i also all in these circumstances um i like it when p like when ty says women have been having babies for millions of years you'll be fine mm-hmm. this is true mm-hmm. but just don't cite the infant and mother mortality rate pre-industrial revolution because it's pretty horrifying uh and have also uh, been dying in childbirth for millions of years that's exactly right and boy i tell you it's like did did hollywood just find out about like birth trauma this year because how many goddamn scenes of terrible and house childbirth going back to house of dragon the last of us now yellow jackets like it's Mm -hmm. a bad time to be an enjoyer of dramatic television and pregnant or or be because compa- mm-hmm. like it's all bad it's all bad it's only the bad things that can happen <laughs> true uh the other thing My i hearts noticed go here... out to you moms it's and coming up on mother's day it's an, it's, oh, it's an affront yeah yeah we were talking like this episode was gonna hit on mother's day it's next week i i don't know when mother's day is like I don't keep track of those things because I'm, I'm not a mother and, and i officially don't have a mother so like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's apparently this weekend. I thought they were going to time it. 
to coincide with the birth. But that it would, would have be been a real cruel. kick in the crotch uh, to to air over Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know why. Still don't know why. I still don't know why we took a hiatus. Uh, I, I want to say one last thing about this scene. There's something clearly developing here between Lottie and Travis, right? Because Lottie isn't the one who starts the blood sacrifice. Travis is. Um, so he's clearly believing in whatever Lottie's got going on. Uh, and then later we, lo- we know that he calls her, not Nat, when he's about to, right before his death, right? When he's like in trouble, wants to experience the darkness uh, he calls well, and also, th- this isn't a new thing. It's something that's been building. Like we've uh, seen sex scenes between Travis and Nat, where like Lottie is a weird third party to it. And ever since the Doom coming, there's been some kind of psychosexual spiritual connection mm-hmm. that is pulling Travis in that direction away from Nat. And it, as you mentioned, it clearly uh continues on into their adulthood. That like it's weird that like Travis calls, or, like Nat gets with Travis. And they end up using and they're self-destructive. And then, but Travis calls Lottie when he actually needs help. Yeah. It's interesting. And I don't know if that was, you know, all that went on here in the wilderness and then it kind of went away when they got back to the real world and, you know, Lottie's visions were being treated and all this and she's giving, being giving shock treatments and, um, and I'm not even sure I'd say it's psychosexual, but like, it also could be like a mother energy that she's giving him in a weird like Freudian kind of way, way. yeah <laughs> no I, but I like I'm I'm trying to go back and think about the scenes like do I think it's psychosexual only because it's in conjunction it's it's always in opposition of him and Nat having a physical relationship um but yeah maybe hmm. I don't know the way she said that like uh the, the wilderness recognizes your sacrifice and I do too it's kind of like I'm proud of you like it felt mm-hmm. more like a, a son, a mother son type of thing. And the comfort and, and when they were, that's what she offers Travis comfort and sucker. And when they were trying to have sex with him during the dooms, doom coming thing, Lottie wasn't one of the ones actively up on him. Right. She was just kind of overseeing the thing. I think. Mm, I Yeah, it was more. Yeah, it was like Shauna like and. Shawna and... Jackie, I mm, I can't remember exactly who it was, but I think Lottie was more like the ringleader in that, not participant. And Nat wasn't; she wasn't one of the participants too, because she wasn't. She avoided the mushrooms. Coach, yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. They didn't avoid that. That's right. No, she was just with him. Gotcha, gotcha. No, they both tripped too. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, let's go back to the current day. Lottie tells her therapist that the darkness is drawing her back to her past. She's worried that it's all real and that they brought it back with them. Her therapist seems to misunderstand what she's feeling here. She has to correct her. No, I'm not worried that my illness is returning. I'm worried that I was never ill to begin with. And all this is real. Why do they not show us this substitute psychologist's face? I don't know. Because they already have once, right? It's got to be like yeah once it's like okay well maybe they just didn't have the actor you know whatever but like two times is definitely something you notice Mm -hmm. is it possible that okay i think we the last time this happened we talked about like could there be some conspiracy 
Uh, is there someone behind the scenes that like would pull her <laughs> psychologist away and all that? And and like, I don't know about that. But now that we're not, we're, we're going a second session without seeing her face. I wonder if like she's even getting therapy, or if like you're you're going to we're going to later understand that she's talking to herself, or maybe even okay. talking to herself in this guise of the queen that she just doesn't recognize yet. And this is the person who is giving her the runaround, who's refusing to up her medicine. It's 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 herself. Interesting. Kind of like that. I like it better than the shadowy conspiracy cabal. Yeah, yeah. But there might be elements of that, too, because I do buy that Dark Tie is kind of hijacked Taisa and her maybe political machine to get some of this. And, and like... Uh, yeah, like what? What is the cause? What was the first cause? What like what? What is causing all this to happen again? And I keep coming back to most likely thing is either Nat and uh, Travis's near death experience allowing them mm. to commune with the wilderness again, or Ty's campaign, her doing like innocent background, trying to essentially catfish her friends and seeing which ones will spill the the goods on you know doing background research on herself. That 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 fucked it up. I, but something something started this up. Yeah, I mean, there's a possible option here because because I look back at the beginning of this series and like the inciting event here in the current day is getting these envelopes with the symbol on them, right? Um, and several of the people got them. We now know that Lottie is kind of still holding on to that symbol. At least I think it's intentional. Like the compound here, the wellness center, if you will, being set up uh, in the shape of that symbol. That's not a coincidence, right? Or do you think it can't be? Okay. I, I feel like it's something Lottie did intentionally. And then that makes me think that she was the one who sent these cards out. But I'm not certain well, about Jeff, that. Jeff sent the cards out, right? Like that was an intentional uh, blackmail thing that he was oh, doing. Oh, oh, which yeah, is that's the other inciting. It could just be that. It could just be dumbass Jeff, you know, <laughs> wanting to get a business loan, and he's doomed, <laughs> right. doomed them all into calling back to wilderness. Yeah, it's Jeff Jesus. and Randy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that seems like the funniest option. But like um, at the end of this, at the end of this conversation, this psychologist is not willing to up her medication. Then I don't know because she is uh-huh. talking. I mean, some of the unhinged faces she makes too. When you know, when she's like, you know, are you worried that it's not real? No, it it was real. Like it, there, there's. Yeah, I'm worried. She's talking about it being a god, the power of the place. Uh, it's it's stuff that yeah, she definitely needs something. Uh. To, mm-hmm. to handle these delusions she's having, but it's not gonna happen. She's talking to herself, or I don't know. She's talking <laughs> right. to the wilderness. Uh, let's go over to Misty. She's sitting in a drum circle while one of the cultists balls her eyes out about an ex. She declines an invitation to join in, but she reveals that she knows Natalie, and the others are suddenly interested and begin. Uh, she begins telling them all stories. I guess. <laughs> I wonder what kind of things she told them about Natalie. They don't really get to that. <sighs> yeah, that it, it's there's something I don't know. Uh, I feel like that with Lisa, they introduced these people of having serious problems. 
mm-hmm. and that Lottie's given him. But like this scene, I felt like undermined that because I felt like all the people were fundamentally unserious. Like there's this drum circle and there's yeah. this girl sobbing about the and, and you think it's like, OK, um, then this guy starts talking about how he has experience because he had this horse meat business breakup with his brother-in-law and then as soon as she mentions that she knows Lottie in another life that girl instantly starts cry- stops crying and has this mm-hmm. kind of look of like rat like I, I, I this scene kind of makes me think that like m- a lot of these people are just uh, have fairly minor problems that they're just having a hard time coping with and that's that says something yeah. different about Lottie's retreat than if they were full of people like Lisa who has like really traumatic mm-hmm. relationships with their parents, multiple suicide attempts, et cetera, et cetera. I got a guy who is, is butthurt over his brother, his stepbrother's horse meat business and a lady who is in the depths of despair right up until the point she hears juicy goss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Did, did, am, am I, am no, I, I crazy? Get you. There's or... something less than there's something less earnest about these people than the ones that I've seen before. And I don't, know exactly what it is because most of them yeah, they are were all like... about this wellness uh idea these people are like yeah we do the wellness thing but we're really here to get the hot stories about the celebrities in the group right we're, we like to yeah. gossip so that's why there's we're something here. like they, they were written by an entirely different person it's like this uh they were writing these as sitcom characters mm-hmm. you know I, I didn't really feel that in previous episodes this one was a little and maybe it's just because they're interacting with misty and these are supposed to be you have to you be know, broad misty to stand style out scenes. against yeah, yeah 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 that might be too but it did but it does break tone a little bit for mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm, exactly all right let's go back to 1996 where coach is tormented by shauna's screams he flashes back to a game of charades with friends for some reason i i i have no fucking idea what they're doing with coach in these flashback scenes i i got the first couple i was like okay He's dreaming of a path not taken and a a wonderful past that he could have had, a wonderful present that he could have had. Because I I also don't think this is a flashback. I think these are still him like, what if I had lived an authentic life and I hadn't got on like I'm and I'm and it it, it does feed a little bit into the mirror universe theory. Uh, Uh, So, yes, I have massive question about this because the way it's filmed this almost looks like he's literally jumping back in time, like he's quantum leaping into this scene because he puts it, his his hands up sure. to his ears and he's like yep. braced and he can't stand it. And then the background behind him changes and you can see it happen. And he's still in that pose, like that pained expression. I don't know that he's not actually experiencing this stuff really physically. <laughs> Well, and it's also weird because like there he's in his apartment, but then the apart like as the delusion goes on, the apartment recognizably takes on parts of the cabin. Like you can see the windows are in the Canadian oh, Rockies. I didn't know the mantel place. The uh, the I think the TV or whatever behind him turns into the fireplace and the mantle of the cabin and the walls. Like they still have the the sconces and the the uh, the 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 uh, like drapes and the pa- paintings and pictures. But the mm-hmm. walls are now like those slat board. So it's hmm. like there is they are doing something with this like heightened reality. And I, I, I he's just like full on dissociating to get away from this nightmare. And live because I, I I don't think he ever had like two other gay men over at his boyfriend's apartment and they're doing like because that would be too close to getting out there. I, I think these are all things he regrets Possibly. and 
but, but, you're, but you're right. Like, point, what the hell but, are they so, doing with him? Right. I yeah. don't need them to continually reiterate this. I understand the coach feels like he made a huge mistake by not living his truest life. And I don't need every episode to tell me that. So what are they doing with these scenes? That's more than that. And when Especially I see them the deliberate... starting to mess with reality, I'm like, Oh, is there something bigger here? Especially with the deliberate like VHS tape glitching and how that seemingly uh-huh. ties into, you know, Van's uh, core story. Like they're they're, uh, Yeah, I'm not impatient with it because I think they're building to something. Um, I hope so. I hope it's not just, oh, remember, Coach be. has something to do here, right? Oh, remember, yeah. Coach is a character we need to service because we kind of forgot about Javi in this episode, but that's probably warranted. It would make sense for him to be the next one that goes because he is clearly outside the inner circle. Mm-hmm. He is not one of the, you know, the, the, the He's lady not been useful in a long time. Right. Right. Not he's simply because he doesn't have a leg, but because he's been so despondent and like, he just doesn't have a huge role in this group. Well, and in this episode, he's not even he's abdicating his role as adult. You know, like they uh-huh. come to him it's like, Jesus Christ, you're the adult. Do something. He's like, nope, fuck it. Uh, uh-uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's the one thing he could do is be the adult. And I mean, look, I don't what, blame him. Look what state Jackie was in right before she got it. Right. She was the one who was just kind of sitting around watching all the other girls work and everybody was getting pissed at her. Right. She was abdicating her responsibility, abdicating. Is that right? Her responsibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you've. You can see the same thing happening with Coach here, and it's a bad look, and it might end up in him getting eaten. Who knows? Anyway, Misty breaks down over the loss of Crystal. Lottie grabs her and tells her that they need her to save their baby, and she jumps back into action on Shauna's birth. She tells Shauna it's almost over. Encourages her. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we'll see if this sticks, you know? I I also wondered how much of this stuff is 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 real um like when she gives birth to the but but then i did i guess that's this is notes from my second watch where i hadn't gone back and done some research because i it turns out that like because i was thinking like god she delivered empty afterbirth what the fuck is that but like there's this condition called placenta provera um mm, that's my where favorite, my favorite italian dish yeah <laughs> Right, right. A little sautéed and some <laughs> olive oil and breaded. It's great. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it's it's so that this is a condition where the placenta, instead of where it's supposed to be, uh, forms over the cervix, so it becomes kind of like a barricade uh, to the to baby being oriented correctly and coming through the birth canal safely. And hmm. since placenta is the thing that exchanges oxygen, if it gets delivered first and detaches, well, then the baby's in the birth canal for God knows how long without any oxygen oxygen. supply so it's like it's uh i guess it's one of those things where it's like it's almost an auto c-section if you're in in Mm. a hospital um which of course they can't do here because that's not gonna help right right and and the stuff with misty like this severe like it seems like she's got this shell this fit this delusion that she operates under um where she's got this false bubbly personality and all that stuff but then like you get to see when that cracks and she has to confront the reality she like retreats into this like self-hatred that's shocking mm-hmm. uh that's like oh this is the thing you always do and blah, blah. and that's not to put it mildly not good you know uh yeah not healthy yeah and i i wonder how she's able to maintain this facade into adulthood you know i feel like she dissociates a lot 
she just kind of she snaps out of it in in a weird way that feels very unhealthy right like she's not dealing with the emotions she's feeling she's just stops feeling them yeah and lottie's the i thought it was interesting that lottie's the one to get her to buck up and get back in the game you know mm-hmm. like what does that say about her trust in the wilderness like well we're gonna pray and listen to the wilderness and it and it listens to us but also this person that paid attention to health class needs to get back in there and do some medical shit damn it yeah i don't know and and the fact that it works on misty does that say anything about misty's faith in whatever lottie's got going on i don't think so i think misty's pretty immune to that but i think it's more of like chris or like like misty with this whole crystal Kristen situation feels like she has lost her only thing of value or only external source of validation and lottie's Mm -hmm. like hey while you're out here you're still you are with us like Mm -hmm. in every sense of the word and like that belonging is what sends the like it's like like got yeah. musty or musty <laughs> got misty bucked back up and and ready to jump back in yeah makes sense pass the shrooms we'll be right back all hail the antler queen we're back with yellow jackets all right let's go back to current day shauna and callie go to the police station uh we're gonna see jeff's outside waiting for him uh, they're separated by Matt and Kevin for questioning. I I was really shocked to find out that you can interrogate a minor without the consent or presence of their parents. Is that true? That's apparently true. The police have wow. no requirements to even let the parents know that they're interrogating their children. God damn. In most circumstances. Crazy. I think there are some limited, like, criminal investigation. Uh, Is the shit admissible? Because, that... like, if you're starting to sweat an 11 year old over something, <laughs> right? Like, what couldn't you get an 11 year old to 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 confess to? Yeah, probably probably not much. Damn! Wow. Uh, well, that's insane. Yeah, because I thought Kevin was just off the deep end here. I thought Kevin was like, dude, you can't can't separate this girl from her parent and then interrogate her. Apparently, you can. There's Man, so this is going to come come all the way around in this episode and be, I just have so many questions at the end about like, where are they going with this? Because this feels like a path you would chase down in another show that would not deal with like, that would not even bring up the topic of inadmissible evidence because they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to go there. They just want to keep all the narrative focused on like, are they going to get caught or won't they get caught? Um, this show is bringing it up, but it's bringing it up in weird ways because to me, all of this is inadmissible because it all came from a cop buying a 16 year old girl, a drink in a bar. That's highly illegal. You can't do that. So how is any of this admissible? All of this information stems from that. I'm not sure how much you're allowed to do as an undercover officer. Are you allowed to buy kids liquor if you're doing like some kind of vice thing? I don't think they do it that way. Usually they get young looking 22 year olds and they, they, they walk there because they're trying to get them on the technicality of anyone that looks under the age of 35 or whatever you're supposed to card. It'd be hard um, to imagine that a guy in his office, I thought so too, running a hunch down would be considered a vice undercover operative. <laughs> 
Well, and they, they also set this up where Kevin, I think, thinks that Matt, I guess, Jay, is a loose cannon. Like, he, like, at the end with the Cali thing, I think he medium suspects that maybe Matt might have done something crazy. Because, all right, as we, you say, we buying... got to talk about that when we get there because I do have questions. Okay. I do too. I do too. And I also want to say that Matt is a fucking scumbag. The way he smiles at Cali, the way he's just, his whole demeanor oh, he's the in worst. this investigation is uh it's not a he's not a skillful interrogator i'm starting to think he's a shit policeman honestly oh yeah he is he's garbage his job <laughs> uh it, it, so i'm i'm so torn on him right because i understand he's doing the right thing like they did murder this guy there's there's definitely something to it yeah he's going about it completely the wrong way and he's just a shit look at his face man i know and look that's at the his thing face. It, it's I hate if him. Being a, if being a smug asshole was the way to get criminals to confess and aid your investigation, I'd be all for it. Be smug, but it's not. It's not. No, no. It's not. He just can't help himself. All right. Ty is stocking tapes and brings up Van's financial troubles. She offers to help her figure something out, but Van gets pissed off. Tells her to mind her own business. Uh, Ty gets a call from Misty, who tells her about Lottie's wellness center. And she asks where it is, implying that she's going to go there. The food is surprisingly great and the BO factor very low. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Good Sandy or bad Sandy? Where do, where does uh, Hope Floats fit? I, I have no Sandra idea Bullock. what you're talking about. Oh, at the beginning of the scene, she's talking about, I, I forget what movie she's talking oh. about, but it's Sandra Bullock. And she's I'm saying, yeah. does this movie go yeah, in yeah. Good Sandy or bad Sandy? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, what is the? What are they trying to tell us here with this failing business and Ty being a real estate lawyer? Which is that's it, it, weird. It's like a weird non secateur because she's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, are you well, offering not in help? A bad like, lease? It's not. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a real estate lawyer, so I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, how is that going to help my failing business? Right. You know, like, like <laughs> I said, lawyers you... aren't going to make VHS tapes popular. Right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. No, I thought that was a weird, but it's like, are they saying that like, maybe she should have been a person that she calls? Cause like, Oh, it's a lot. I, I did. I don't know. This like, a, I, it, it's weird because it's like they don't need to cut back to the van and tie as much as they do in this episode, but they keep doing. So I keep on wondering why. Yeah, and I don't know why Van... Well, okay, so with Ty, I can understand why Van might be standoffish with accepting any help. I don't understand why she's so unconcerned with the failing state of her business, though, because I don't believe Van when she says that she can deal with this. I I think her business is going under. It's going to be gone in a matter of months. Why isn't she looking to fix that situation? I mean... I, it, it might not be that she's not trying to fix it. It might just be that, like, f- shit, man. I don't know why do why do people why do people turn tur- turtle when they're having financial problems? It's probably because they feel Fair. overwhelmed. They feel like there's no answer. Yeah. Uh, they feel like they're just going to double down and like keep doing and that this is going to work out. Uh, but yeah, you know, 
Yeah, like I, but I, I'm as guilty as as doing this kind of shit historically as as anyone. Like, I, it's all, at the end of it, I'm always like, why didn't I take more proactive steps to like address this rather than letting this impending doom hit? And like, I, I don't know, because it's like we're fucking. Because we're fucking monkeys and we're not really designed to do this kind of like long range, like I need to call the bank and work out this or that. You know, it's like we're, we're just not really set to, to, to do all this kind of stuff. Um, totally. But, the but difference why... being your life is not a carefully tailored narrative. You exactly. Know? That's what I'm saying. Like all this is what are they trying yeah, to ex- tell me? Yeah. Yes. Like, again, I can explain all this stuff. But like, again, why am I seeing it? And why do we you know, we cut yeah. back like they could have they could have cut back to them exactly once, which is the phone call. You know, but they mm-hmm. are it, it's it's I, maybe this they're, they're suggesting that's a pattern in their life that like Ty is the one that needs all this crazy help. But like Ty is the one that's always trying to make Van her project. Hmm. And it's just kind of like there's something insulting about a person who came here in a fugue state hitchhiking with a semi tr- driver, a truck driver being like oh, I'm having a psychotic break and evil from the woods might be stalking us. What's all this past due bills? Like, yeah, and how about that oxy? Huh? What about your pill? Yeah, it's like, fuck off. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't call you for help. <laughs> right. You came here for help. Shut up. Yeah, like I, but again, yeah. why? Why is this happening? I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe it is to show us kind of the, the, because the thing that struck me about this is I keep seeing the show knock her down a peg because at the beginning of this when i see her running her store i'm like she's happy she's she's doing what she loves look at her interacting with her customers look at her stocking her shelves she's surrounded by the things that make her happy and that keeps getting knocked down right she's taking the pills she's got these overdue bills uh she's out there trolling for pussy essentially like she's taking her pills (laughs) it's probably she's got overdue bills it's the van show i don't know (laughs) i'm sorry uh yeah so so they keep knocking her down and i'm like okay that that must be what they're doing here they're showing us that underneath that veneer this normal you know cheery life that she sets up nothing is actually okay and so it's all gonna break down here when they see lottie it's all like a bunch of people refusing to confront the reality in front of them like ty is having psychotic breaks she's trying to be senator you know, mm-hmm. Sean is trying to have a normal family life while her, you know, <laughs> her husband is blackmailing her and her daughter is dating cops. And like, if you go down the line, like everyone is trying to ignore, except for Misty, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's trying to like ignore the big problems in their life and pretend like it's not happening. Yep. All right. Um, 1996, Lottie's group is doing her chanting bullshit. And even Ty is joining in uh, as they try and help Shauna deliver her baby. Um, Misty tells Shauna to push, and she does until she passes out. And then she wakes up, quote unquote, to everyone being happy for her uh, and her brand new healthy baby boy, which they put in her arms. This episode gives Return of the King a run for its false ending money. Like I, there's like four fade to blacks where I kept. I thought that the credits. I well, it seems like it's kind of early, but sure, why not? It might have been an hour, but like no. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, man, are they really going to make this a cliffhanger? Nope, they're not. Um, yeah, and it'll do that a couple more times for sure. But yeah, this is like everything from here to the end of the episode in this timeline is an extended 
death fantasy. Death? Mm. I don't. I don't know. She's definitely passed out. I can't tell if she's like on the verge of death. I know there was a lot of blood. They mentioned that but... she's unconscious. She lost a lot of blood. So there's another theory that, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, that when people are having these near death experiences, they have these visions, right? And it seems like uh, there's also this um, ancient tradition. I think it starts with the Greek myth of uh, Persephone visiting Hades and she eats the six pomegranate seeds and that you know uh if, if you eat something in an afterlife situation it binds you to that place hmm. um and we see with Jackie like when they invite her inside she drank the hot cocoa uh when Lottie was dying freezing to death she was sitting she's almost sit down and have the Chinese food and then uh Laura Lee or wherever Sarah Lee uh, little Debbie, I can't. Is it Laura Lee? Did I get it right <laughs> the first time? It's little Debbie. Yeah. Okay. Laura Lee says, "Nope, this isn't for you. Get the fuck out of here. You got to wake up." Um, I think it's interesting that like in this kind of like purgatory state in the dream world, her baby does eat, feed, breastfeeds, okay. and Shauna never mm-hmm. does, and Shauna comes comes back. What about all of the? girls who eat the baby are they bound well, to something they're not po they're not in a pov because all the other girls in the strip mall were eating chinese too it's just like it's, mm-hmm. it's whoever is the uh i guess the having the death focus all right <laughs> but you're right Got i'm it. just i just made i just I made two know. people the death focus the baby and and shauna herself i don't know it's just i think it's <laughs> I, there i think there is something there about mm-hmm. like people who go to this afterlife they're on death's door there's something critical about turning down the food which might hmm. that that might play into the actual subtext that's happening too of like the people of course the only one that's avoided eating humans at this point is coach coach Ben and uh, yeah and he hobby. doesn't seem like maybe maybe and it doesn't seem doesn't seem like ooh you're right he could have got in got some bone broth <laughs> picked <laughs> yeah. over them bones uh-huh <laughs> All right, let's go to the current day again. Van drives Ty up to Lottie's compound and says she's just dropping her off, but then they start talking about her life, and Ty asks if she's happy. Van says she's given up on love, but it's not because of Ty. It's not because of Ty. Uh, not, not just Ty, because of Ty. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, I think Ty is saying some accurate stuff about one of the van's fixations, the VHS and all that stuff is, is, is living in the past. And Mm -hmm. she owns to it. It's like, yeah, I like living in that time where, you know, we actually thought we had a chance to be happy that we could live regular lives. Yeah. Instead of the past that actually happened. And it's also rich for Vi to, I mean, for, for Ty to, to, uh, drag van for using apps and stuff because like she's got the stereotypical close-knit nuclear family well I guess not stereotypical but you know she's gotten married she's having a kid she's but is like that made her happy no fucking way <laughs> like van seems on yeah. average because she's about to lose it all it seems like but she seems on average like more happy than I would say Ty does yeah, I mean, she's certainly more well-adjusted because Ty's got this dark side that keeps her well, from there's sleeping that too, and, yeah. and t- 
tears off her I, it's, pet's head. They're so weird because there's like a divide between the women, between like the active participants. Like, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll put Lottie up there. I'll put Ty up there. Like, they're actually having some kind of supernatural experiences or delusions. And then the mm-hmm. people who are like, like passive enablers or followers. Like Van, I don't think has seen, you know, like she's not getting talked to by the wilderness. Uh, Nat mm-hmm. is like, the, I think the most one, Shauna. Um, these are the ones like, it's like you got the active doers and then the passive happen tours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wonder yep. what, what significance all that has as well. Because some of the, it seems like there's leadership positions in both. Like there is this Shauna Nat axis and this uh, 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 tie. Uh, Lottie axis of the believer queens versus the non-believer queens. And I like how fluid that stuff is too because, you know, Ty was not on board with any of this. Ty was the most resistant to Lottie's bullshit at the beginning. And then in this episode, we see her sitting next to Shauna as she's giving birth, chanting along with them, right? And and you can tell it's something that like, it's a desperation move. Like she's tried Uh to stay strong for Shauna. She's tried to be as of the last episode's conversation, she's trying to be on her side, stay on her team, but like, fuck it, we're losing her. So, and she's just sitting in with Van on these prayer sessions, right? Yes, you know, yes, it's yes, nothing serious. But then when shit hits the fan, it's it's the no atheists and foxholes kind of right. mentality, right? But there's uh, a lot of there. There, she's finding these devil symbols in the woods. Uh, she mm-hmm. is uh, con- consorting with this eyeless dude. She found. Javi, like, yeah. I wonder if there's, yeah, there's something so I like, like how fluid the, it is. Because there's like four queens in a deck of cards. There's two black, mm-hmm. two red. And I think there's some interesting symmetry here with the two non-believing versus believing queens. Who's the who are the two jokers? Javi and Travis. <laughs> yeah, probably. And there was a third joker, but they're gonna eat him soon, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it has the rules card. <laughs> Coach Pin is the rules right. card. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. All right, Lisa gives Nat her goldfish for the day. Nat asks Lisa why she forgave her for stabbing her in the face. Lisa says, suffering is inevitable and only by meeting it with compassion can we truly begin to grow. Very Zen Buddhist of her. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's taking it all in stride. I don't know. That that feels like a line you tell yourself. The 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 more enlightened portion of your brain is telling the monkey part of your brain to be quiet because the monkey part just wants to stab her with a fork. <laughs> right. And it you know, you stab her back like then where does that lead, you know? She's going to stab want to stab you back, but like you know, meeting suffering with compassion is the true mm-hmm. growth opportunity. I mean, I gosh, shit, I believe in um, and it does seem like yeah like imagine like if uh, Lisa had given in and stabbed the shit out of Natalie and wounded her in the neck and like is she gonna feel good about that <laughs> like maybe in the first minute or two but then like when she's walking to see her bit and instead of being uh, closer together and having these like they're 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 further apart like mm. um, and she's talking about Natalie's suffering right um, meeting her suffering with compassion understanding yeah. that she stabbed me not because she hates me or because I did anything wrong but because she's suffering yeah um, I wonder how the yeah because like there's there's also a limit like you can't like no life philosophy is complete into itself like if uh, mm-hmm. like if suffering is inevitable you meet suffering with compassion 
where does that you know where, where does like self-defense come into that you know if sure. someone's trying to actively kill you is the compassionate thing to save yourself and to save all the people that you love the pain or is like the compassionate thing to like oh this person's a cry got a lot of shit going on i should take the risk that they're yeah. gonna hurt or maybe even kill me rather than like i, I, I don't know and then you go to like the nation state level and it's like ah. Oh. But I'm sure I'm sure Pol Pot had some problems, right? That's what I'm saying. Are you gonna, Hitler, gonna like, I don't know how you share with compassion. I don't know how you confront National Socialism with uh, compassion. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, it is it is interesting. But like, you know, for ninety nine point nine percent of everybody, it's probably the way to go. You know, yeah, it's a good starting point. Certainly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a never, never a bad time to like reach for the compassion tool for first Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. always you can always let the lizard brain take over you can always be like all right (laughs) monkey go here's a knife get in there (laughs) but it's hard it's hard to call him back call him off once once you've let him off the hook all right 96 uh shauna tries to breastfeed her baby but it is not working nat thinks maybe it's because she's starving and can't make milk uh it turns out it's just going to be an attitude thing of course this is all fantasy anyway God, it's really stressful listening to this baby angry cry about being hungry. Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was like already like, oh man, I am. I hope her you don't know how many because like, you don't know how many days it's been. You're like, is can this kid survive much longer? Like, yeah. And despite yeah, I always get sucked scary. into this shit. Despite myself, I'm like, this is the wilderness baby. It's 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 lot in life is to go into the crock pot or die or <laughs> to have some kind of terrible trauma happen and get yeah just, uh-huh. just yeah don't get invested I fucking do I fucking do man yep all right let's go back to current day where Jeff is listening to fuck the police in the police department parking lot yes Taisa calls on Shauna's phone which Jeff answers and Ty leaves him with a message for Shauna that she's headed up to Lottie's wellness center uh Jeff man. <laughs> Jeff kills me in the show. I love him so much. He's he so bad well. at lying. He he needs to stay as far away from this as possible. I know Shauna is not doing like the best job here, but right. Jeff, when he's lying to Ty about where Shauna is, like she's in the bathroom and she's like, oh, well, I'll call back in a few. <laughs> he's like, well, sometimes it takes a long time. Yeah, she, she's in there a while sometimes, so you uh, better leave me a message. It's like, Shauna would not want you saying this, A, if it were true, and B, it's obviously not true. You're making shit up. Yeah, no, he's, he's so bad. He's so like hilarious. I said, he means well. Maybe he is good compared to some people on the show, but he just, he just, he just such a fuck boy. Like, like mm-hmm. it's just such mm-hmm. a, it's such a Jeff thing to do to be sitting outside, uh, <laughs> the police state, the department, the police station where your wife and daughter are being interrogated and being like, yeah, blaring some NW. You tell him, and he tell got, him, Dre. So he's, he's got a window down. But he's got the radio up just loud enough, and he's just far enough away right. from the PD that if a cop walks out, right, they probably, probably not going to hear. Yeah, it. no, yeah, yeah. I love this that. is him. This is him flexing over. What's his name? Kevin. Yeah, Kevin uh, at uh-huh. the gym. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, can't help himself. Uh, also, does the team not like Jeff? I, I can understand why if they don't, but Ty hangs up on him like. There's there's some animosity there between him and the and the girls. Well, I mean, he did try to blackmail them all. Like they oh, all fuck. know that You're now, right? I right? keep forgetting. That I Jeff know, is dude. A I do too. I oh, just, like God. this. It's surprisingly how f- 
frangible that idea is in my mind because like sometimes mm-hmm. i'll like i'll catch myself theory craft i'm like oh wait no i know who sent the goddamn things <laughs> right uh, never mind it's because never i mind. it's because it's, 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 I, I i think when i was re-watching it um it took me several episodes and i'm still i'm still not convinced that uh goddamn it who is her lover adam adam i'm still not convinced that adam wasn't in on it yeah, there was something about him that made you think he was for sure. Yeah, and like, they almost I, did I feel a too like good whole... a job selling that. Right, right, right. As she stabbed, like you're supposed to like. But I, it took me a couple episodes. I, and again, there's still sometimes I'll see the right theory, and I'm like, I don't know about this Adam guy. Maybe it is Avi. Maybe it's the mm-hmm. wilderness baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't really believe that. But like, there's something there. There's something I think there. All right, Misty asked Nat why she seems so weird, but kind of likes their celebrity reputation and the vibe at the compound uh rather than answer the question she asked misty we're all like this aren't we and i think she's talking about like misty dissembling over what happened with walter like she can tell she's not getting the whole truth there he didn't just go home and she's just like yeah we all we all do this we're all full of shit yeah uh, yeah. One other thing I noticed in this scene is Misty wearing the purple color of the cult in this scene. She's got this like white and either dark navy faded blue uh, plaid pattern or it's purple. It's like that faded purple color. I, I also noticed that this I think this is a big thing for Nat, too, is because like I've seen her wear like. Like, like flirt with joining the purple people cult where she'll wear like a shawl that someone gives her or something mm-hmm. like that a cardigan but like I did but she deliberately and purposefully puts on the full uniform mm-hmm. by the end of this episode and I think that's interesting that yeah they're, they're definitely winning big yellow jacket party and I don't know is that some kind of fault line too that you've got the two girls that are going to come in and they're just like fully accepted the lottie I, yeah, I just, I just keep on trying to, cut, to to put this in context of the queen theory where they, st- you know, the winter, everything gets quiet and then the, mer- the spring emerges and the queens come forth and they do battle for hive supremacy. And now all the queens are coming back mm. together at this yeah, place. And it that, feels like it's drawing them here, right? Like or the honeycombs are running red with blood and, and Letty's premonitions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that can't be good. Yeah, especially as we approach the season finale here in a few more weeks uh so the other thing i don't think we talked about is like walter has made a concerted effort to try to get a hold of her um because you know he kind of like sped away from the scene like fuck this crazy uh african gray lady and all that kind of but like he is trying to reach out to her he's texted her several times Mm -hmm. just from the missed notifications uh and and uh misty's thinking about him i miss i miss walter I do too. Yeah, I think Elijah Wood is going to be back. I don't think he's of gone course. for good, but like Yeah. I wonder if this is him, you know, attempting his some more Moriarty shit or if this is him trying to warn her of something or what it what it is, I don't know, but I'm curious. Yeah. Cuz that thing is like the Missy's got to think about is like, well, if he's not fixated on you, what's to stop him from blowing the lid wide open on the Adam case as a citizen detective? Does he have the evidence, I guess, is the question. I mean, does anyone? Like, I mean, I'm no, saying you like, need it's a body, like, really, but like, but like, if he just starts continuing to search through, you know, 
financial records and lo looking at all the publicly mm -hmm. available cameras that he can get and like uses the full power of the internet and his his citizen tech like it just seems like a bad idea to let him it seemed like an unforced error on Misty's port but on the other hand he was being a real creep so mm -hmm. but she has a problem with people being creeps she would <laughs> just like co-op the yeah. creep yeah she'd out creep him she'd co-op the creep mm -hmm. run you know figure out his scam run it against him but she should is just this a let creep him... she can out creep that's it's, that's it's, the it's possibility a, it's a control she's relinquishing over someone, and I think that's really interesting. Or did he take it, and she's scared of that? Because hmm. every turn, he seems to have one over on her. That's true. And she, she tries to... to put up a defense against it with stories about people's moms, but he checks in, and he sees that they're false, and yeah, he might be better yeah. at out-creeping. I don't know. Seems like the story they're trying to tell, yeah. But he's potentially her equal. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. whole Moriarty thing, that it's, 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 it sets it all up. Uh, real quick, they go back to 1996, continuing to show Shauna trying to feed her baby, still not working. And then we come back to current day, where Matt interrogates Shauna and Kevin interrogates Callie. Matt works on Shauna by saying that she's a bad mom. Shauna puts on a teary-eyed performance, admitting to an affair with Adam. And... Kevin works on Callie by claiming that her mother is using her, and Callie responds by claiming that Officer Syracuse took her virginity. Kevin, okay. Ah, let's start with the Shauna stuff. Yes. Clearly, Matt does not buy any of the shit. He calls her on it. She, he's like, yeah, that's the amazing job, amazing work you just did. Not buying it. How about this Adam guy? We need to hide this body. We'll be back right after this. I think the lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. I, we don't get to see the conclusions. We don't get to see the actual meat of these scenes, and I'm kind of frustrated by that because when they come back to the car, I want to know exactly what's gone on. All right, but what we really want to talk about is Matt's weird-ass balls, right? <laughs> <laughs> How does Callie know about the weird ass balls? Okay, because you got to be able to back this up. All right, so what's what's one option clearly mm -hmm. is? Oh, she slept with him. Sure, she she's seen his balls. Uh huh. Uh, that she could describe them. I think, but I think it's interesting what the average. So, like, statistically speaking, half of all American men are below average in terms of I don't know testicles, dick, whatever. Uh. Like just statistically speaking, uh, that's how right? it works. That's how statistics work, right? And and with with uh, our fixation on the size and impressiveness of other men, probably a lot of men who are solidly average, even above. I've seen guys with like six and a half, seven inch dongs think they're small because they they, they never looked at statistics and they watched too much porn. <laughs> and and I bet right. like there's a lot of guys who probably because like our, our junk looks weird. If someone says like if like a girl thing, yeah. like if like if a girlfriend says at like is sixteen or seventeen that you got weird balls, you probably don't take off your pants in front of somebody for twenty. It's like the equivalent of like the you know you show me a girl who won't take her t shirt off in bed, I'll show you someone whose boyfriend said you had weird nipples at at, at one <laughs> point. Like okay. it's like one of those things where it's like like it's Scarring. not like you get to compare a lot of notes, so it's like oh Jesus, maybe I do. I think that like she's mm -hmm. making this kind of hail mary that like yeah. He probably thinks his balls are weird. And, yeah, and, it's definitely a long shot here. And then and, and you a know, guy like that might have weird balls. I don't know. And and I'm not to step on the law any law enforcement officers who are listening, but like 
regardless of the truth, I think stereotypically, I imagine a person like Callie would think that a police officer would be more likely to be insecure in these kind of areas than others. Just because, you know, if you're taking a career, mm-hmm. we get a gun, you get to boss people around. Whether it's true or not, common conception is that these are people who are trying to compensate for something, right? So I, I think it's it, it could be that he he lost his mind and slept with her. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more likely that she's making a calculated psychological ploy on, you know, doing the percentages and looking at his job, looking at his fucking mustache, looking at his you know, mullet, the whole presentation, the fact he creeped. <laughs> and she's just she's making she's making a calculated play. Gotcha. Gotcha. Here, here's a what third possibility. She's she's very post hoc in her thinking and she's declared this thing and she's going to go make it true by like catfishing him on Tinder or something getting him to send a picture of his balls to her and then using that, that like being able to accurately okay. describe them in court. Because like I was thinking, oh man, if he's a big enough idiot that after she's put it into his partner's head that she slept with him, she can seduce him. Like he is like, Jesus Christ, what the <laughs> right. hell? What the hell? But what man? if she pretends to be But if she like gets else. on Tinder and like, yeah, gets 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 an unsolicited dick pic from this guy or something where she can mm-hmm. But what if it backfires and she's like, God damn, this guy's balls are <laughs> beautiful. I can't yeah, in good conscience balls. say that this guy's got weird. Yeah. And like, even if I did, yeah. no one would believe me. They would know I was lying because look at those yeah. balls. And you might be thinking to yourself, listener, what would what would like beautiful balls look like? Hey, all you need to know is that Matt's got them. Like you, you've <laughs> never seen them before until you see this man's paired. They're just perfect. Uh-huh. They're yeah. perfect. Uh, no, that's a really good that. I like that. I like because because. I do believe Matt is that big of a dumbass. Well, yes, and there's that too. That some hot girl messages him out of the blue a day after the thing, and and Mm then it's hot and heavy, and let me see your. And he's like, "Oh God, I was one message away from just sending it unbidden, but sure, here we go." Like, (laughs) yeah, and you know he's on Tinder. I mean, look at him. Yeah, come on. Yeah, but I I just think I I I do think that like something shocking, like seventy five percent of men. If they heard that somebody thought their balls looked weird, would just accept that unquestioningly. All right. I do. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's exploitable. Fair. <laughs> I can't tell how old he's supposed to be because that's definitely like a thing that I a young man would concern themselves with. I'm trying to think what would happen if somebody said I had weird balls. I'd probably be like, okay, dude, whatever. But you're pretty self possessed and assured and you know, like and, and I'm man. a forty-something-year-old man, so like, not. A cop. I think if you told me that when I was seventeen, yeah, it would be a complex. Sure, sure. But I don't know how old he's supposed to be. Like, 28? I just don't think this guy seems like he is self-possessed, and you know, he's smug, but that's not the same as self-confident. He's pretty sure of himself in his investigative. And is he successful with women but... or what? Yeah, that's the thing. Because like you can, sure. you can have like, how many times have you seen beautiful people have really weird hangups about? It? Sometimes it's even worse for beautiful people. But yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like yeah, I, and this guy's not beautiful. Yeah, well, certainly not his balls. They're weird. A lot, of, a lot of people would say he's good looking, but he just looks ugh to me. Like he I, just he, yeah, he's got he's you know I don't like you, him. You, people talk about punchable faces. This is it. Yeah, this is it. I don't know if he's got a resting punchable face, but when he thinks he's got a spider or a fly in his spider web, he's oh my god, he really he really cranks it up. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's go back to 96. Well, wait, wait a second. Also, we never really talked about the... We got so into the weird balls, we never talked about the rest of... like. You mentioned that you thought that Shauna was making up. I, I actually think everything she said here was true it's, about... Yeah, yeah. About, like, her de- non-desire to, like, be married to Jeff and having kid and all this stuff. That's right. true. There's a verbal trick that they play here. Okay. Where she says, you don't want to have a kid to save marriage. You got out of guilt and shame. And she goes and But then there's another one where she goes, and you can't love either of them, but you do. It's certainly possible she's talking about the husband she married and her child. But is it possible she's talking about the two children she's had? Mm, yeah. And it, it works whether you believe that the wilderness baby is dead, dead, or if there's like some kind of like... Well, let's 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 wait till the get till till we get to later in the episode to talk about the other possibility. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to ninety six again. Shauna wakes to find Lottie breastfeeding her baby. The Shauna takes that personally. Uh, he needs to feed. You'll understand soon enough. What is Lottie talking about? Because this he is all happening in Shauna's head. It's all happening in Shauna's head. You'll understand. She's talking about enough. Coach Ben because we talk about him being hungry. We talk about Javi. We are talking about Travis. Right. There's only so many he's we got going on here. Mm-hmm. Is it it? Is it the cabin? Is it the hunter? Yeah, it could be the darkness. The 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 darkness. The power. The gods of that place. I don't know. I feel like they always either make that uh, gender neuter or they it's it's this fist, uh, it's it's explicit a feminine energy though. Hmm. Do they? Okay. I never heard them refer to oh. a wilderness as he. Mm-hmm. but uh i couldn't tell you what she's talking about exactly but but yeah it is creepy like we'll yeah see. lottie stealing shot his baby bread that's uh was fucking creepy yeah i was like i'm surprised the other the other girls are going along with it this is where you should start to realize hey maybe there's something less than grounded and real about these scenes yeah and it's especially since like all of these scenes are like at the threshold of consciousness like mm-hmm Sean is kind of asleep, waking up, hearing things out of a dream. Yeah, it's like there, there's on second watch. It's very, it's very easy to catch the kind of liminal nature of these scenes. Yep. All right, back to current day. Shauna goes back out to the car. Jeff freaks out when she tells him how it went and sees that she has a gun in the glove box. And he relays Tice's message, tells Shauna that she should go up to the wellness center. I think he thinks she's going to go up there and like actually get some help. Which, or or at least stay out of the the investigation. Yeah, I was while. trying to think on, especially on second watch. Does he actually think the Lottie can help, or is he just like, this is so fucked that you just got to get out of here? Because yeah, she's at the, the, this point, she's done a lot of like every time he tries to broach the subject, she just throws back to, well, you blackmail you 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 dumbass. This is actually your fault. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, okay, fine. But Jesus, like, can we talk about like what I fucked up lately versus you roll you, you driving with a criminal's gun mm-hmm. in your glove compartment to a police interrogation? Like at some point, like, OK, yeah, I get it. I black. I fucked up with Randy. But holy shit, you got to yeah. get out of here. But it also frustrated me because, like, if you want to look max suspicious to any local cops, get the fuck out of their jurisdiction while you're a person of interest. Like that's not going to reduce yeah, the heat on be you. Extremely suspicious. 
Oh, hey, Kevin. Oh, no. Now Shauna, she uh, she went upstate with all of her Yellow Jacket friends. Yeah, they're 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 circling the wagons. Uh, they're. I mean, that just doesn't. Yeah, look, doesn't but, look... I mean, they're playing this game of what what makes her look guilty and what can they prove, right? And mm. that's that's what it comes down to. If they can't prove that she left because she's got something to hide, then she just kind of went on a vacation or retreat. You know, it's yeah. It's the same Good with luck. Callie, right? Like, so and Callie just explicitly says it. Like, who are they going to believe? Um, right so so callie comes back and says that she used her mom's idea and the cops are scared shitless that is not the impression i got from that scene now what okay i i need you to tell me what's your impression especially from kevin because we don't get to see we don't get to see jay slash matt's expression but like what do you you don't think kevin's buying this at any level so so the sequence here is interesting so callie Uh starts in on like I was a virgin and he whatever whatever uh Kevin looks at her and takes away the Kleenex which she would use to dry her eyes right cuz she's sad and and cuz he crying. offers them when she starts it up yeah right and then he he takes those away and he says something that to me I, I can't remember the exact words he used but to me said he does not believe this at all he's not buying it and then she says the thing about the weird balls and who are they going to believe so you I might be I, right, I want to know the, what the, happens after that. Does his demeanor change? Does he buy it at that point? Yeah, the taking Kleenex away. But, but you're right. You need to see because if his face falls when he says weird ball, <laughs> when she says weird ball, <laughs> right. like God damn, I've seen his ball. She's totally yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you know the stereotypical. They got they got the bad. They got the shower. It's like it's like a high school uh-huh. locker back there. They got the communal. Uh, every locker cop rooms has seen every stuff. other cop balls for sure oh yeah oh yeah. yeah you can't it's part of the fraternal order of police joining process it's yeah, like all right induction hazing pay your dues now drop your trial i've got to mm-hmm. see you've got to see what you're working with okay so my he might god know, o'malley but... this man has got the most beautiful balls i've ever seen <laughs> you'll uh, be a captain someday kid oh yeah uh, he's got <laughs> captain material big captain material it's like how smooth smooth and perfect they are like peaches two peaches <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i do i definitely need to see kevin's face but they don't show it they stick on callie here so i don't know I, and callie is has misjudged them several times already and she's a kid like yeah what does she know so yeah i could but tell also you, matt's it looks like a huge creep uh and mm-hmm. i think a jury would buy his lawyer needs something to Especially shave the mustache. She tells him sure. how they met, and she he has to admit, "Yeah, we met. I was off bar, duty. Why was casing in a bar, her. chasing down a hunch? I bought um, her a drink. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah, she's the sixteen. Because the sixteen year old is making eyes at me. She was sexually advancing on me. Yeah. And yes, I knew how old she was because sure. I had done my research on their family. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, don't look good. It don't look good. But yeah. I, I, so you and I both are like 0% that he actually had sex with her. Yeah. The way he reacted to the bowling alley to her wanting to kiss him. Yes. I, I agree. I think so too. Uh, let me say this. Is there a possibility that the cops actually flipped Callie in this scene and that she has come back saying they're scared shitless oh. when in fact she's now working for them? And they that's what that's why they didn't show it to us. There is a good yes. Because Kevin did non, not buy that. Very shit. non-zero chance, Jim. Yes. That's okay. a good I like that. I like that a lot. We'll see. Oh my god. Callie's a triple agent. Uh-huh. 
All right, Nat almost murders Lisa's goldfish, but thinks better of it at the last second. Uh, oh, before we move, is... I will say that I'm I'm a little prejudiced against the idea because they're so showing her as Shauna's child, and like I don't. Mm-hmm. But then Shauna kind of sh- she didn't you know like Misty broke baked her a whole fucking cake <laughs> that said don't don't talk you want your lawyer right and she uh-huh. she messed up the the most so like maybe. But yeah, I like Shauna, and Shauna's a real ball buster, like, you know, tough, uh, not going to put herself in a stupid compromised position. And I want, I think they're telling that of Callie too, but like, is that even true of Shauna? Or is she only, like, you know, how many times can she storm into an illegal chop shop with her Mm -hmm. housewife self and and walk out of there upright and breathing? Like, is that just just like. No, just right. She's out of control. Like, she's doing things now to feel. And she recognizes it. Yeah, she's cleaning from from. She's doubling down on choices that are that are. And yeah, so yeah, I, I like it. The only reason I don't is because I might have believe something about Shauna that's not even true. Yeah, uh, you want to say anything about Nat almost murdering the goldfish? I mean, why? Uh, I mean, I, I think this whole scene is to show that some of this Lottie stuff is working on her compassion um, she said because like they she, she's watching this fish suffocate and she mm-hmm. just can't do it that's that's the suffering she's meeting with compassion yeah um and i don't know that nat of old like nat nat is a very destructive force in her own life sure and this feels like a very nat moment that she would kill this goldfish to just blow up her and somebody else's life for the fuck of it mm. and the fact that she doesn't i think is try just trying to tell us that yeah she's she's buying into some of this stuff and it's actually working on her but then we go back to 96 shauna has a heart to heart with her baby and it begins to feed miraculously she's super happy nat comes in to give her some tea witnesses this whole event but shauna asked her not to tell the others she agrees uh yeah i was wondering what nat was thinking in this scene but it all is pointless because Nat's not real. It is interesting to think about like why today you have to have Nat come in and see the miracle and her, sir, I just want this for me. Is it just like, is it, to me, it's, these are the little scenes that make it uh, your first time through believe that it's still like, you know, mm-hmm. this is just happening. It's, it's not a dream sequence. I wonder if this is telling us who Shauna trusts. The mm. fact that Nat comes in here, she's one of the only people who's not, chanting and praying over her right and she is the most unaligned with not uh the lottie other than herself for sure right and so her seeing her here and getting the tea from her and asking her not to tell the others i think is showing that she trusts nat above everyone else i do know that this is the scene where i started thinking i wonder if that interview with the police was double talk you know because like she's essentially telling this kid like you know hey i'm sorry i didn't want you but 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 like Mm -hmm. hey you're here and i love you and i don't want you to die and i want to see what's going to come of you and how we're both going to be fine and it's also setting up this kid this this kid is hope with a capital h and it dies this episode (laughs) and i think what I'm pretty sure I saw an interview, like um, a reference from the showrunners and from the cast and crew talking about like this is the episode that's like at the top of the roller coaster hill where everything just kind of drops off and gets fucking crazy, which has already been a pretty insane <laughs> season. So, yeah. pretty nice. exciting, pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Death of Hope, uh, completely off the rails. Yellow Jackets, late season two. Let's go. 
I will say if if this is trying to tell us that Shauna trusts Nath, then I don't know why they're having her eat her baby along with the other girls, but mm. you know, they're all cannibals. So Yeah. Anyway, current day, Van and Ty arrive at the compound and see Shauna drive in. They follow her up the drive and they all meet up with Nat and Misty. And Van feels something when she sees Lottie by the lake. Uh, they do this big shower. They uh, pull out and show it a bird's eye view of the wellness center and the grounds are arranged in the symbol. So this is Nat coming out in her full purple gear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that Lottie is wearing this royal blue color that I found that saw it show up a lot. There is this little blue cup that is identified with the baby. They wrap the baby in a royal blue uh uh, blanket uh, there's this like very particular shade of blue that keeps c- coming up in this episode and I I, I don't know like I've, we've gotten in some color theory and like Mad Men and Breaking Bad I don't know if it'll mm-hmm. be a continuous thing but I it's just something I noticed in in looking at themes and stuff and I wonder if they're trying to do something with because uh, I definitely seen that Lottie's color has shifted from like warmer t- tones to more co- cooler tones Lottie's hmm. wardrobe Interesting. Uh, she was like in like reds and oranges and yellows, and now she's in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that purple like an in between there? I and I, I, I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, Van about. was taken. Like she is in. Like yeah. there is a thing that happens there that I cannot explain. No, I can't either. But I imagine like a we'll force get more of it between them. Um, we kind of talked about the wellness center arrangement, so. Not too much to go over there. And it's a, it's like a real bolt of blue too, because she's like she goes from making a joke about what a cult this is, like keep your eyes mm-hmm. peeled for black and white, and she's in fully intended to just peace out, and then she sees Lottie and everything just all of her bullshit just drops, and she's just ready to worship. I think it's crazy. Yeah, sees her by the lake um, from a distance, back turned. Yeah, it might. I mean, that cabin is pretty close to the lake, right? Um, out in the I wilderness. Mean, everything's pretty so close, this yeah. might have like brought her back, like you know, almost mm. like coach is being transported back to another yeah. time, a potential yeah. past. Uh, this yeah, might have brought her back that. in that way. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, everything we saw before with Shauna trying to feed her baby, and this scene here of all the girls eating her baby, all of that—that's a dream. None of that happened. Uh, Shauna wakes up, finds out that her baby died during birth, and claims that she can still hear him crying. Wonder why? Wonders why the rest of them can't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We talked about this a lot in the intro, but I, I get why this makes a lot of sense um, with the Lottie group dynamic here. Little disappointing. Little disappointing to me though, because I'm looking for the really fucked up stuff they're gonna do. So it's not. This is about the best way that baby could have gone. Might be the gateway to it. That like you know everyone is looking forward to this as a hope, as a way, as a symbol of like you know life going on and mm-hmm. of something new and unequivocally good happening. And it's 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 more terrible shit. So like, yeah. if, if if we're at the Shana's top of the pregnancy, roller coaster and that baby yeah. was not strapped in and that baby just went flying out, <laughs> this right. is where things get really fucked up, yeah. Right, got ejected at the at the first uh, loop-de-loop. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't take your babies on roller coasters. It's not a good idea. 
Yeah, do you think so? Like, is there anything they also pointedly didn't show us the baby? Maybe it's because of its its good taste. Um, mm-hmm. There's also uh, another mirror theory is um, God, who is the yellow jacket? Um, is it Mara that is hearing the dripping water and no one else can hear oh. it? Mari? I guess. Is it Mari? There's an interesting there's an interesting juxtaposition where Shauna is saying that she can hear now, even now, hear her baby crying and no one else can hear it. Is there That's is, what I was wondering, like, yeah. Yeah, like if you got the mirror that's like, you know, that they're living in the timeline where all bad things happen, is like the veil so close that she can just hear the better timeline. But you'd think the better timeline they wouldn't be in the wilderness. Oh yeah. There's no good. I guess she'd still be pregnant. She'd still be pregnant, so maybe she's hearing the you know her and Jeff decide to have the baby and she's hearing it from another lifetime away I don't know it's super interesting that you're having two characters claiming to hear something that's obvious and no one else can hear it I think that's 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 got to mean something yeah I would think so but I don't know what we'll find out next episode hopefully Oh, like Jim says, that'll do it for this week. We'll have to see what happens next. Uh, We will be back later in the week for a feedback episode because, again, we continue to uh, go long in these episodes and people continue to send us in more feedback. So uh, we're going to have a special feedback edition out sometime later this week. Uh, If you'd like to send in your uh, thoughts to us at any time, yellowjacketsofbaldmove.com is the place you want to do that. Uh, if you want to find out what else we're doing, because, man, we're doing a lot. We got a special premium podcast. We're going to be talking about Silo, Miss Davis, uh, and Ted Lasso. Uh, we just got done watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You can check that out if you want to hear our thoughts. But if you want to know what we're doing other than Yellow Jackets, uh, it's easy. Go to twitter.com slash baldmove. We post our schedule and, and uh, all of our releases over there. And if you'd like to support us in what we're doing here at Bald Move, uh, we encourage you to do so. Support.baldmove.com. Uh, you can join the club. It's an easy way to get ad-free feeds, more bonus content like that OTC we talked about. Uh, and yeah, just just keep us keep us podding podcasts. Uh, Yellowjacketsofbaldmove.com is feedback for the show. Thank you very much for listening to us. We will see how things go as we go down the roller coaster hill starting next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.